Hey, this is Mark from the Boring Bible Cast, and I want to provide a resource for your daily Bible reading. Join me as I discuss any topic related to the Bible, and especially those that help grow your love for the Word of God. This is episode two in our Adventures in Theology series where we discuss or look at covenant theology or covenantalism versus dispensationalism. Now, these might seem like big words, well, because they are, but it's it's crucial to have an understanding, not a full understanding, because as I've come to find out, there really is no such thing as a full understanding of every nuance of every deviation, of every individual camp underneath these two systems. I want to give a little background. Covenant theology is held by Reformed theologians. I, I hate having these discussions because it requires so much clarification. Oh, you just said covenant theology, but you haven't defined it. You just said reformed theology, you haven't defined it. Reformed theology, a high view of God, a biblical, I would say, view of salvation, how we are saved, well, could also be called Calvinism. So quickly. Total depravity or radical depravity, we are by nature unable to please God. We don't desire God by nature. We're not depraved as we could be, but every part of us is depraved. And then you got an unconditional election, which we see that God has chosen people. He has elected people unconditionally. There's no conditions that he sought beforehand that made him choose us, which the opposite position would could be, I don't want to paint a broad brush, could be that God chose those who he knew would have faith in him, which reformed people would deny, I would deny. Limited atonement or definite atonement, that Christ did not die for the entire human race. That Christ died for the elect. Why did he choose the elect? Because God can do whatever he wants. Irresistible grace. Meaning that those who Christ died for will come to him. The Holy Spirit will go forth with the gospel and change their hearts. And lastly, perseverance of the saints, or you could say preservation of the saints, or the nuance or the, the caricature of once saved, always saved, that the Spirit seals us, that we are saved, we will be kept in Christ. We are saved by His faithfulness, not ours. And so in short, that's Reformed theology. And so Reformed theology has a very close tie with covenant theology. 
covenant theology. Covenant theology, just like any system, takes to be biblical. They're not seeking to be unbiblical to twist the scriptures, but to be honest with the text. And one of the main things is the New Testament priority over the Old Testament. So we go to the new in a way to reinterpret the old. So if you want to properly understand the old, you go to the New Testament in order to understand it. There is a federal headship, of course, of either being in Adam or in Christ. You're either in Adam, the first lost man, or you're in Christ, the redeemed man. And one of the main things that I didn't have an understanding of, that I assumed was true, was the relationship between the church and Israel. Now, the, the church and Israel relationship was key for me. I assumed that now that the, the church has been born, that God's purposes for Israel have disappeared in a way. That the, Israel is now the church, meaning that there's an Israel and then there's a true Israel, those that have the faith of Abraham. And so I, I always was under the assumption, not always, but in my, in my studies of this, I was always under the presupposition that God did not have any future plans for Israel. I was under the impression that there's no hostility. God has broken down the, the dividing wall. There's no such thing as Jew or Gentile. And I want to give a little story and almost the purpose of this. But I think it's important to briefly define dispensationalism. And I get this stuff pretty much all from a guy named Michael Flock. In his book, Dispensational Hermeneutics, he lays out ten core principles for how you interpret the Bible. I'm not going to go through all of them. I'm just going to touch on a few. So they use a they they use a consistent grammatical historical interpretation. For example, a dispensationalist would say. If you want to know what a passage says, the meaning is in the passage. You don't have to get to the New Testament in order to receive the meaning. There is passage priority, like I just said. Meaning of the passage is found in the passage. And there is Old Testament prophecies not repeated in the New Testament are still relevant. And so a dispensationalist would say, unlike what I described of covenant theology, that God still has a plan for Israel, that God made promises to Israel, and just because Christ is described as the new Israel, 
doesn't mean that the promises made to national ethnic Israel doesn't mean those are disappeared. There's still a purpose. Unlike what the covenant theologian would say, which is the presupposition I had. And typology, which means it's a foreshadowing. Something that we see in the Old Testament, like Adam, was a type of Christ. So where Christ failed Adam, or, or sorry, excuse me, where Adam failed, Christ obeyed and succeeded. And I thought I had this stuff down. I had it packed. I, I knew Israel and the church. I did not think Israel had a future. And so... Here's where the story comes in. I have a friend who has a friend who's Canadian. And I told I told my friend that the, the dispensationalism is all about Israel. Israel is at the center of dispensationalism. He's like, hey, would you mind talking with my one friend through Facebook? I said, yeah, sure. So I go through that conversation, confident as can be, knowing that I have I have these verses, have the passages, have the doctrines right. And I start as I start to interact, this Canadian brother in Christ honestly dismantles me. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to handle these passages like Ezekiel chapter forty to forty eight. He made me question and really think and ponder over a lot of different things and after initially putting up a wall around my heart saying I don't have time which I really don't have a whole lot of time but that was my excuse because I didn't know what to do so my pride put a barrier up but then something clicked. I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was the Holy Spirit softening my heart. But I started to want to study these things in depth. I have always been a man who wants to know the word. Who wants to rightly divide the word. And I felt like in order to do that, I had to look into these things. So that's what I decided to do. I've read many covenant, covenant theology books. I've read Covenant Presbyterian, Covenant Baptist. And the point of this episode isn't to go into those details. But I wanted to tell you that I have done a lot of reading of covenant theology. But never in my life have I or did I Read one dispensational book. And if you're not aware, there's three different really camps or perspectives. Classical, revised, and progressive. And I found the most solid is progressive dispensationalism. And I found that the most respected and solid in a way, are guys like Robert Saucy and Michael Vlock, 
And these are because of my Canadian friend, my Canadian brother in Christ, confronted me of my pride, demanded more of me than what I thought was necessary. And so I'm getting on here to give you the background of why I'm doing this study. Because I think it's extremely important to have an understanding of these things. So if I could give just kind of a beginning recommendation to each of these perspectives, I would say for covenant theology, you can look into the London Baptist Confession of Faith, 1689 Confession. You can look into a guy named Sam Renahan, The Mystery of Christ. You can look into podcasts like Theocast or The Pactum or Founders Ministry has a course on YouTube with, I believe it's James Ranahan, I could be wrong, all about covenant theology for dispensationalism. Oh, one more. R. Scott Clark on the Heidel blog has some great stuff about covenant theology for dispensationalism. I've really enjoyed Michael Vlock. I've been enjoying reading his Dispensational Hermeneutics. He also has books like He Will Reign Forever, which talks about the kingdom of God. He has another one on how does the New Testament use the Old Testament, which contrasts G.K. Beale's book from a covenantalism perspective. And Michael Vlock just released... A new book, actually, a couple of days ago, called The New Creation Model. But if you really want to get a better understanding, Michael Vlock has a course on YouTube for free. I believe it's 34 or 37 lectures on dispensationalism. It's called Theology 4. Really helpful. And you can also look up Robert Saucy's Progressive dispensationalism and that's a case for that so this episode is a little behind the scenes into what goes on in my head and in my life and these just are out of nowhere thank you for listening to today's episode if there is any encouragement in what you've heard any comfort from the verses that we looked at or any book that we discussed, would you please follow the show and leave a review? Doing so would would help spread the gospel and would help build up the body of Christ. Thank you.